where I was born, everything was dull and dingy. I lived in a place they called the inner city. Getting ahead was strictly a no-no, cause nobody cares what happens to the folks that live in the ghetto. Thousands of lives wasting away, people living from day to day. It's a challenge just staying alive, cause in the ghetto, Welcome, everybody, to the premiere episode of Daryl Davis, Black and Green. Um, This program is long overdue. I actually announced that uh, I was launching this show almost a year ago. Um, Later on, I'll get into why the delay. Um, That said, but, you know, I just want to welcome everyone. I want you to know right off the bat that this is a movement show. Uh, By that, I mean, as we uh, grow this show and move forward, the, the ultimate goal of this program is to inform and to empower our community. Uh, There will be times when someone will have an issue and we may need to call their job or place of business and say, hey, we're not happy with this. We're taking our business somewhere else. That's the economic power. Uh, There may come a time when we have to call a a politician and say, listen, straighten this out. Um, One thousand phone calls. You know, uh, those votes can go somewhere else. So we have to marry tradition. We have to marry what worked in the 60s to what we need to do today uh, to get power, to to get respect, to get growth, economic and political. And so that's really what Daryl Davis Black and Green is all about. Uh, Why black? Well, I just mentioned power. Black power. Oh, does that mean you hate white people? No, it doesn't mean that at all. Uh, It just means that black people are a significant part of this society, played an incredible role, probably more than anyone in building America. And yet we are the most marginalized group here in the United States. Uh, Every other group that came here, whether it was the Irish, Italians, Jewish people, were all basically given an economy to lift themselves up out of poverty. A lot of the organizations around today, the the YWCA, the Catholic Charities and others, they were created specifically to lift white people out of poverty. Now that it's our turn, the only thing they want to offer us is a cot. And, And that's just simply not acceptable. And now that our our brown brothers and sisters are flocking here, they're also being given everything uh, that other groups were given. Everything from affordable housing to jobs to industries such as food services and and gardening and and landscaping. And, you know, um, and, and 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 we're not. And so, you know, there was a documentary on Netflix recently called uh, Who Killed Who Killed Malcolm X? 
And I've been saying for the longest that that's not the real question. The question isn't who killed Malcolm X. The question is, why was Malcolm X killed? And we're going to get into all of that in this program, Daryl Davis, Black and Green. So the black of it is political power, movement, which translates into the green economic power. We spend a lot of money in America um, very often unwisely. But we're going to be talking about financial literacy, things that are not preached in our community. You know, there's more than one road to freedom. America has promoted the road of marching and picketing for the right to sit at the counter of a white owned establishment instead of marching and picketing for the same resources and, and bank loans and, and, and fair interest rates in communities that we want to own, to own our own businesses, not marching to sit at your counter, but coming together to build and own our own industries, which is very doable once we start pooling our resources. Well, Darrell, black people just don't stick together. Well, we don't need everybody. And the fact is, we don't want everybody. It only takes a small percentage of, of like-minded people pooling their resources and working together. It's, it's a myth that is only wasted on black people in the sense that we're 40 million. And they want all 40 million of us to be of like mind, which is unrealistic for any group. And so it's a myth. Oh, black lives matter. Why are, why are we killing each other? Well, you know, again, those are diversions. White folks kill white folks at higher rates than black people do. They don't call it white on white violence. And, you know, and, and, and we are addressing that. The way you address those issues is through economic development. You know, again, there was a time when the Irish gangs were the worst until resources uh, were pulled to help them economically. Italian gangs, and I'm not talking about Al Capone, I'm talking about like street gangs um, like we have today in, in, among black and brown people. But the answer to that is is economics. And again, we are always being uh, uh, second guessed and attacked for not having the resources that everybody else w were given. And, you know, interestingly, you know, I, 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 I became a late fan of Reverend Ike. I'm going to ask y'all to Google that name because most people, most people never heard of Reverend Ike. But I remember as a child visiting the homes of uh, friends of my mom's and yeah, I would see I remember seeing pictures of, of this black preacher, Reverend Ike, on people's walls. Well, for those of you who don't know, Reverend Ike was a prosperity preacher way back when it wasn't it wasn't a very, very popular or common, especially for a black preacher. Because remember, we supposed to get our heaven after we die. Great is our reward in heaven, not here while we're living. And Reverend I said, no, we can have both and we should have both. We're children of God and we deserve the best. And Reverend Ike mixed it up with affirmations, with prosperity preaching, with good business sense. He preached financial literacy. Um, 
He was flamboyant. He owned a fleet of, of Rolls Royces and white press and black called him a charlatan, a fraud. But today you have all these prosperity preachers that everybody is worshiping, buying their books and what have you. But here's here's the thing about Reverend Ike. You can go on YouTube right now and watch his videos. And this is what I like about Reverend Ike. Um, I saw him do a speech, not live, but on, on, on YouTube where he said, hey, I'm all for <laughs> I'm all for black power. But when I found out I couldn't buy anything with black power, I needed some green power too. boom, green power, whatever we have to do to, to grow that. My organization, uh, the organization that I head, the Committee for Justice, we started doing late. We, you know, initially we fought, marched, picketed had meetings with the powers that be. We got a nice community center built in our community for our kids, which they've taken systematically dismantled and given to the brown people. Now, we're going to get into that uh, and what that means, the political implications. But, um, you know, so we when we uh, when initially we we were uh, serving the community, we made sure that jobs, fair share jobs. And we had to fight for all of this. They didn't give us nothing. They told us no. But this is an example of, of uh, the importance of being organized and having power and knowing how to use it and knowing the difference between power and influence. Yeah, the mayor or the governor or the president has power, but a well-organized, committed group has influence. And so we know how to use influence and get programs, millions of dollars of programs because of our work came directly to to my hometown of Peekskill, New York, directly because of our work. There are homeowners going back 30 years ago that would not have been homeowners if we didn't get them the jobs that they ultimately got. And now they're homeowners. But at the same time, we have to make the, the, the shift to financial literacy being taught, to setting up your own businesses, the benefits of having LLCs. There's the green in the Daryl Davis black and green. We're marrying the traditions. In my mind, our greatest scholar was Dr. John Henry Clark. Also, you can find him on YouTube, passed away. Absolutely brilliant scholar. And I heard him say, uh, if Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., would have just only understood the power of economics. And I'm sure Dr. King understood it, but that wasn't his agenda. Um, if he would have stood up and said, I will no longer wear shoes that were not made by my people, he could have created a whole economy. And so we're going to explore all of that. We're going to discuss it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to move forward. We're going to be a movement. Now, <clears throat> the... the, the uh, the delay. Hey, Daryl, you know, you announced this show like a year ago, man. Where you been? <laughs> where you been? Listen, listen. Um, the tale that I have to tell. And I'm not going to do it here and now, but I am going to do it on this program. Maybe as soon as the very next episode. When I talk about and I'm going to give some credit to to uh, my my two of my nephews. Um, who have, who have very young, very young, who have asked me what it's like to be an activist. How did you become an activist? <clears throat> and 
I wrote something on Facebook uh, sort of in response to that. And so when I tell my story, this is not a tale of sympathy or feeling sorry for Daryl Davis. This is a story. This is a tale of victory. This is a tale of overcoming the most racist, vicious political forces, at least in Westchester County for Daryl Davis. And so they unleashed two years of hell on me personally, individually, that when I tell this story, some of you, you're going to scratch your heads and be like, this is horrible. Some others of you will say, well, you must have did something because that runs hand in hand with the 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 uh, the racism in America, you know. Crimes of white people against black people and no crimes at all. You must have did something. You know, before we had video and camera, before we had cameras on our phones, we used to see the, the, the police brutality. We used to see it. We experienced it. Some of you seen me get roughed up by police without, without even committing a crime. Talking at a council meeting or being pulled over. Because because of a misunderstanding and, the, and the, the police were not totally wrong. In fact, they weren't wrong at all in this instance that some of you witnessed when they pulled me over. But the roughing me up and slamming me against the car and all that, that wasn't necessary. <laughs> and it almost caused a riot. People came out of their houses like, yo, get off of him, you know. And so we've always seen it and witnessed it. But then. And and back then, you know, mostly white folk. Wow, you must have did something. He wouldn't have beat the eyeball out your head for no reason. Well, according to the FBI, a lot of Klan and skinheads have joined law enforcement, and a lot. And that's who a lot of these brutal people are. And um, so, you know, when we when we talk about uh, our experiences and. You know, the, the the response often in quarters of white America, well, you must have did something. No, no, no. We we just trying to be happy, successful human beings, just like everybody else. Um, but we're under attack. We are we are still under attack. Um, you know, so, again, the tale that I'm going to tell is one of, of victory. And what inspires me to actually tell it, because my whole life as an activist in Westchester County has been one of being under attack. And this is not a personal story. Understand this. This is really not so much about Daryl Davis as the relationship between politicians and black grassroots activists. There's a Daryl Davis in every community, more or less. And these brothers and sisters are under attack because they're loyal to you, the people, because they want jobs for you. They want business opportunities for you. And the political forces just want you to vote for them. Keep your mouth shut and keep it moving. And and we are not going to be a part of that. We're going to um, also I'm going to ask people when you tune in, grab a grab a. Have a notebook and, and, you know, buy a notebook, go to CVS, buy a four dollar notebook and, and a couple of pens, because, again, you know, my experience, this attack that I'm going to talk to you about, I got to I got to get very intimate with with poverty. <laughs> and so I learned I experienced some things that just showed me how glaring I've always known that recently 
you know, the 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 politicians serve almost exclusively the interest of the wealthy. And, you know, it's it's kind of uh, impersonal to read about it, to say it, to know it exists. But when ruthless politicians try to destroy you, as they did me and push me into poverty, as they did me and many others over the years, you get an intimate uh, relationship with no money coming in. And so you learn about this whole industry of fees and the high cost of being poor. And we're going to take on that industry. Ralph Nader used to do that. I don't know where he is, what happened to him. Maybe the, the corporate owned media ignores him now. He, I think he ran for president. Maybe he sold out. You know, I mean, it, we don't it doesn't matter where he is, but we got to talk about these 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 poverty industries. We got to talk about these bank fees that, you know, as George Carlin brilliantly said, you know, you bounce a check. What does the bank do? They charge you more of what they already know you don't have. And, you know, I don't you, you're not going to have Bill Gates calling the bank saying, hey, you know, uh, I'm sorry about that. Can you refund my overdraft fee? These are attacks on on poor people and working people. And it's a whole industry. And so we're going to write down some names in these notebooks. We're going to write down some senators and congressmen who are taking money from these industries and lifting regulations so that they can do things that used to be illegal to poor people. For example, check cash in places. A lot of us use them. We don't have enough money to keep keep a bank account. And for some stupid reason, if you have a less than a certain amount, it costs you more. <laughs> so this is like this is the insanity of preying on low income people. And so we I may say, hey, listen, we need a thousand people to call the senator, you know, check cash in places, uh, charge fees that is illegal for banks to charge. But who owns the check cash in places? Banks. You know, so again, all of this, you know, this is going to be a movement program. Um, we're going to explore not who killed Malcolm X, but why, which brings me to my next point. You know, there's a reason that uh, Malcolm X was killed. Martin Luther King was killed. Many others framed, put in prison. That road Shut down the road of struggle, organizing, black unity, black is beautiful, a culture of liberation. All of that was attacked ferociously and shut down. And instead, we were given vote Democrat because the other side is worse. Not vote Democrat because they will bring jobs to your community. Not vote Democrat because we will build affordable housing. Not vote Democrat because the district attorneys, as quiet as it's kept, need black votes, too. When was the last time a, a person running for district attorney knocked on your door? I don't know one district attorney who ever called me and said, hey, I need your support because they're in the white communities reassuring them what they're going to do to keep them safe from us. Hey, this is a show, but this is a movement. Get a piece of paper, a notebook, pad, pad and pen. We're going to be on the move. As this program grows, 
Um, we'll be we'll be exploring together, setting up businesses, um, setting up your own LLC, financial literacy, you know, <clears throat> a people's program. Now, I've been on the radio for probably 30 years. I was on WLNA, WBNR, WV, I, WVOX and others. <clears throat> And um, took a hiatus, you know, but I'm back now. Um, this program, you know, I'm not there's not going to be a timetable. It's it's online. You'll be able to click on the links that I'll, I'll share and you can go over there and listen to the program at your convenience. I'm going to ask people to share the link, email it around, um, let people know Daryl Davis, black and green is on the air. We're here to empower our community politically and economically. We're here to, to speak out and address racism and white supremacy. And so I'm asking people to be a part. Yeah, I, you know, it's great that, you know, my my first radio show on WLNA all those years ago shattered the Armatron ratings. Um, a radio station that small never shows up on the radar and yet I did and that that's all nice but if it doesn't translate into some political economic power it's just it's just an ego trip and I'm I'm not here for that um for those of you who don't know me I grew up in the movement um I from the time I was a kid I was I was I was hired by politicians going all the way back to the to the mid and late 80s um, Jesse Jackson uh, uh, hired me to run his presidential campaign in 1984 in northern Westchester and Putnam County. Al Sharpton, Governors Pataki, Patterson, uh, Cornwall have all hired me over the years off and on for different projects. Um, I'm a founding member, member of the Committee for Justice, which a, a lot of you in Westchester County know. So I've I've lived this um and I've seen the changes and I know as I'm talking right now, we're going to have to take on the Democratic Party. The The leadership of the Democratic Party has has become uh, hostile to true black leadership. Uh, well, what's true black leadership, Daryl? Who are you to decide? Well, no, 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 no. It's, it's not for me to decide. It's for the community to decide. Like If you don't come out of my community, you can't be my leader. You know this, and again, you know, I've I've had relationships with uh, uh, Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, but this whole idea, Jesse Jackson, the leader of Black America, that is insulting. We're we're not one big happy tribe with a leader that you handpick. Al Sharpton, the leader of Black America, you know, no, 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 no. The, the we don't have a a leader. We have many leaders. That we pick and choose that corporate America for the most part ignores. And we're all right with that. They, they say all all politics is local and there's a lot of truth to that. You know, where I, I, I want to be responsible for where I live. The issues in New York are not the same in California. So there's no such thing as a national black leader. They create them to control the agenda that black people talk about. And again, you know, Al, Jesse, hey, you know, they're millionaire Democrats. They're millionaire Democrats. And what do they do? Do you see them marching and picking and raising hell anymore? No. 
They're telling you to vote Democrat. That's not good enough anymore. Well, Daryl, you got to vote Democrat because the other side's worth. No, no, I don't. I can let you lose and you can join me in poverty. And then I think you'll change your mind about that. And when they when they divorced us from our history and tradition of the movement of the Malcolms, the going even back further than that, that Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, when they dis, when they disconnect you from your culture of struggle and hand you a black Democrat or a black Republican, your progress ends right there. Well, we have blacks in our administration. <laughs> Yeah, say it again. You have blacks. We have nothing. These blacks that they point to are there for one reason only. They are there for a photo op. They are there so that the white politicians that they get you to vote for can say we have blacks in our administration. And they and they, and, and it, it's true. But they're there for a photo op. Do you hear any of them saying the word racism or white supremacy? Do you hear any of them calling for justice for black people? Do you hear them calling for affordable housing? They're there for a photo op and they get well paid for it. Well paid for it. We, we aim to change all of that. If at the very least, open it back up for discussion. I saw Bill Clinton make a comment about John Lewis with, with all respect to John Lewis. Came out of SNCC, got his head busted. Um, but became a machine Democrat. And I'm, and again, you know, we all make our choices. Um, but Bill Clinton had the nerve to stand up and say, we need, we need people like John Lewis, good trouble. And, and less people like Stokely Carmichael. I, I can't tell you how insulting that was on so, so many levels, you know, and, and the white arrogance of Bill Clinton to have the comfort to stand up there and say that. First of all, Stokely Carmichael, Imam Jamil, H. Rap Brown, Angela Davis and others, their blueprint would get us more progress than voting Democrat ever has or ever will. The vote, I'm not dismissing the vote. The vote is a tool of liberation, but it's not the tool. Especially when the National Democratic Committee sends out a, 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 an email blast to the heads of their parties across the nation that when Black Lives Matter activists come to your rallies and raise issues, change the subject to black on black violence. Do you know how vicious that is and how disingenuous and harmful that is to get them from to get us from talking about to put us on a defensive because of their their political and economic neglect of our communities to now have us on the defensive to talk about an issue that they created black on black violence there's violence in our communities but that's economic there's violence in every community why why wasn't world war 1 white on white violence that was pretty massive violence why wasn't world war 2 why wasn't Bugs Moran and Al Capone, Luciano? Why isn't that white on white? This is a diversion. And when they bring it up, you have to say, hey, you know, yeah, we have issues. Um, voting Democrat don't seem to be working. How about giving us some money 
some resources. Let us bring experts in our community, sociologists, psychologists, economists. Let's bring them in, program developers, community centers. Let's do all of that. They don't want to have that conversation. We need to force that conversation. And, and, and we aim to do that. Hey, this is our premiere episode, Daryl Davis, Black and Green. I'm very happy to be back on the air. I'm going to try to keep these shows uh, to about a half an hour. Sometimes I might just come out with a little five-minute commentary about something that's going on. But the important thing is that those of you who uh, have followed me, have supported my radio, supported my political activities... Um, I need you to help promote this program, let people know that there is a movement show, um, something for the people. And uh, let's build and let's make some inroads and some progress together. We're going to end this this uh, premiere episode of Daryl Davis, Black and Green. Thanks so much for tuning in. Where I was born. I lived in a place to call the inner city. Getting ahead was strictly unknown. Cause nobody cares what happens to the folks that live in the ghetto. Thousands of lives wasting away. People living from day to day. It's a challenge just staying alive. Cause in the ghetto, 